Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. We also have co-hosts Dr. Tim Hayes and Michelle Pichet. We will share with you the wisdom of the first century Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic, Brachma. Michael is the author of the book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information about the forgiveness process, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, welcome to the show, Mind Shifters Radio. Hello and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio. I'm Tim Hayes. I'm your host for the first hour. And today is Monday, February 13th, 2023. As always, we're grateful to everyone who's joining us here today, whether you're listening live or through the archives, as we spend another couple of hours teaching and supporting people in using some of the most powerful effective, efficient, and accessible tools I've ever discovered and encountered. These tools are available absolutely free through the tireless efforts of Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice on the website at whyagain.org. If you go to that website and click on the two words that say start here in the upper left-hand corner, It will take you to a page where you can download and read Chapter 24 of Dr. Michael Rice's book. His book is titled, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? And that chapter of the book contains a narrative description and explanation of the primary tool in this work. That tool is called the Reality Management Worksheet, sometimes called the Reality Management Wake-Up Sheet. And it's a tool I've been using the great effect for over 18 years to improve the quality of my life and most of my relationships and to turn any negative emotional experience I have into part of the infallible guidance system that each and every one of us has been given. You can also download the actual worksheet process itself. It's a simple PDF file. Click the link, download it, print it off, copy it as often as you'd like, and use it over and over again absolutely free. You can also download a whole host of audio files that shows just like this one where people have been stepped through the use of that tool. And if you choose to listen to those, they can serve as a tutorial for you for how to get the maximum benefits out of this tool in the shortest possible time. You can also go to your app store and type in the three words, Heartland Aramaic Forgiveness. And if you do that, before you're done typing the word forgiveness, you'll see the glowing heart icon. If you choose to tap on that, it will let you download a completely free and private app that contains the Reality Management Worksheet, an abbreviated version of that worksheet process, and a copy of the Dragon Klingon game, which is a wonderful way to get introducing these tools to even younger audiences. We hope people do all of that soon and often primarily because it tends to lead to improved quality of life and relationships for people when they apply these tools in their lives. 
And secondarily, because it tends to prompt comments and questions, answers and testimonials. If you have any of those to share with us, please give us a call at 563-999-3581. Call that number and press 1, and it'll put the little icon of a hand by your phone number, and I'll turn on the microphone and announce you by your area code. Alternatively, you can send us an email. You can email me at tjh at mindshifters-academy.org. Or you can email genie at j-e-a-n-i-e at yagain.org. That's w-h-y-a-g-a-i-n dot o-r-g. And we appreciate when people do that because it makes it far easier for us to live into our intention with this work. The intention with this work is to be a service. And that's far easier to do when we know what would be of most use to you. How can we be of service? What topics can we cover? What questions can we answer or discuss with you to have you unveil your own answers? How might we help you tap into your own inner guidance so that you end up Um, with a new relationship with, an active uh, relationship with your own inner guidance, which is the the point of all of this work, is to not provide answers for people, but to help people understand that each and every one of us is given uh, an answer book, a resource, um, a guidance system, and it's implanted in every one of us. It's there available to break off the effects of our errors in thought and guide us to truth and happiness if we just ask it to. And if you didn't know such a thing was possible, if there is a a way to help you discover that truth about yourself and what might be available, we would be thrilled to assist you in uncovering that truth and tapping into the access that you can have to your own internal guidance. That's the point of this work. You know, why don't we know that we have that kind of internal guidance? Well, in part, most of us don't know that we have that internal guidance because we've been conditioned out of awareness to it. I was just having a session with somebody who had parents, as as well-intentioned as they were, who had difficulty managing their own emotions. And whenever their young daughter would have a strong emotion, one of the most common responses from either parent would be, "What what is wrong with you? Because the parents were doing whatever they knew how to do to try and be the best parents they could and their their hope was that their daughter would be happy and well adjusted and they just didn't understand that kids aren't always happy and smiling and whenever there'd be a negative emotional response to something 
they would think there's something wrong with their child or they'd think there's something wrong with them, their own parenting and they didn't have the bandwidth to manage their own emotions and so they would throw out a statement, a question that's basically more of the statement. There is something wrong with you. And then that person, as just as natural as breathing, grew up and decided to get married to somebody who continually told her she was a wreck, she was a problem. She was. If other people knew how bad and evil she was, they would never love her and accept her. They, this person literally began you know, acting out in their marriage what you can read about is a is a very common pattern about verbal and emotional abuse in the book The Verbally Abusive Relationship How to Recognize and Respond by Patricia Evans which is a book that I came across back in the early 90s and um have referred many people to over the years because it does such a very nice job of describing really important patterns for us to see, to catch, and then undo. And those patterns end up working to convince people that there's something wrong with them when there's nothing wrong with them. But the pattern they're involved in with their partner is such that their their woundedness is feeding off of each other and and it it becomes a, a really strong pattern that must then you know be worked at diligently to undo that pattern that false belief that there's something wrong with one person or another and you know the amazing part of it is Often, some of the most intelligent, competent, high-functioning, attractive people I interact with have this deep-seated belief that there's something deeply wrong with them because of the interaction they had growing up in their family and or you know, the, the luck of the draw with who they ended up sharing a life with. And it, it can be a very rigorous process to undo the negative beliefs we have grown accustomed to. There must be something wrong with me. If my own fill-in-the-blank parent, my own husband or wife, if my own best friend, etc., keeps telling me what is wrong with you or there's something horribly wrong with you or you're lucky you have me no one else would put up with you i'm here to tell you if you get that message from anyone in your life please understand it's a product of a pattern of interaction it is not the truth of you it is not the truth of anyone and it's not useful for someone to keep i'll say uh beating that drum it is not useful for people to tell you there is something wrong with you 
And fortunately, we have some very powerful tools right here in our own toolkit, thanks to Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice, where we can help people understand at deeper and deeper levels that there is nothing wrong with them in that way. There is only, there are only unproductive patterns that we have gotten used to and we can unravel them, we can dismantle them, we can see the false nature of them if we apply these tools on a regular basis. Michael Rice would say a persistent and consistent basis. So if any of that sounds new to you or confusing in any way, we're here to try and help make it very specific, very clear how to use a practical set of tools, the Reality Management Worksheet, a targeted journaling tool that Michael calls the Mind Shifter tool, connected breathing or the kind of breathing that turns on your rest and digest response that helps you drop out of a high-stress mode, we're here to help people routinely step into the use of these tools to improve the quality of their life and relationships. And we welcome any comments or questions, 563-999-3581. Call that number and press 1. I was doing some more listening to the book about, I believe the book is titled um, A Walk in the Physical, and it's by um, Christian Sundberg, I think, I think his name is. And it's basically one of the most loving, um, peaceful, hopeful messages that I've ever encountered in a book, shy of, you know, the Course in Miracles or the Way of Mastery. It just very directly states over and over again, your true nature is love, you're here to choose love, you have that option. I mean, there are, there are parts of this, I'm listening to it, where it feels like I'm hearing quotes from the Way of Mastery that we read last year. It is just so consistent and loving and um, and as such I can recommend it but I also um, will from time to time share some of the messages I get from there the the one that, that I wanted to bring up today was just this continual reminder that what we choose to do with our mind energy is critically important to creating our experience of life. And, you know, the, the daily, the moment-to-moment reminder that we are creators 
and we are creating our experience of life in each moment. And what we choose to do with our mind energy is important in that way because it creates our experience of life. And if I tolerate, right, if I, like the woman I was just talking about earlier, if I have a thought that I must be a monster and I don't take immediate steps to see the false nature of that and In this work, it would be pick up a reality management worksheet and put that negative thought on the worksheet and then step through you know, the emotion I'm creating with that negative thought and the target of it, whether it's me or somebody else, and the goal that I'm holding. And then cancel all of that and tap into this inner wisdom and guidance system I was referring to in the intro, if I don't do that, then I slumber in my suffering. Then I stay stuck. And I pour mind energy into the thoughts that create misery. They create suffering. They create upset. They create the negative emotions I'm experiencing. They create a false belief about my true nature. And in this work, we, we like to, to work every day of the Internet show, five days a week, to remind people that if you have a negative thought about yourself, it's three things you can know instantly. Number one, it's a lie or it's based on a falsehood. Number two, this is an old tape playing in your mind. This is something that's been programmed into you from the trivialities that have been shoved into your intellect or the traumatic interactions you've had with friends and family in the past. This is not about what's going on in the moment. And the third thing you can know instantly is that if you let yourself sit and spin in the negative thoughts, or speak or take an action from that negative energy, you're just going to make your life situation worse in the next moment. You can't act from the negative energies. You can't pour your mind energy into those negative thoughts and emotions and have it improve your life in any way. One of the things I've been saying about that is it's like pouring garbage all over the buffet table right before dinner time. It's not going to improve the dining experience. There is nothing true in the deepest sense of the word about any negative thoughts you have, whether they're about you or someone else. There's nothing true about them. And we have tools to help you identify and dismantle the roots of those negative thoughts and or the negative beliefs that you hold that keep giving rise to those thoughts. 
and we'd be happy to support you learning how to apply the use of those tools in your life on a regular basis. So again, the call-in number is 563-999-3581. If you call that number and press 1, we can have a conversation. You can assist us in being of service to you. You can just quite simply choose loving thoughts and or you can recognize that there's a, a tremendous momentum within your mind-body energy system for negative thoughts and step into the use of some tools to dismantle those negative core beliefs or those negative thoughts at their source so that they lose their momentum so that you quite easily take a breath and release the negativity and step into the direct awareness of your true nature as this energy of what some would call love, the energy of creation expressing in form. One of the things that it says in this book, um, A Walk in the Physical, is that every time you do that, it's a creative act and you're creating benefit for yourself and everyone around you. So feel free to choose love. Feel free to choose to teach only love. Way of Master would have us say, the way we teach only love is that we choose to share only our loving thoughts. Again, this doesn't mean we won't have less than loving thoughts. We will have anger. In the way of mastery, third lesson, it says quite clearly, this doesn't mean you won't have anger, but just stop rationalizing it. Stop arguing for it. Stop trying to justify it and understand it's about an error in your thought processes. It's not about your true nature. And the more you step into that realization, the better your life gets. And we are here to encourage you to do that on a regular basis. All day, every day, breathe, soften, choose for love. We can work with it with the reality management worksheets, or we can work with it with simply choosing the thought that says, I'm going to reset the filter in my mind over intentions. And I'm going to reset the filter in my mind over perception. So I'm going to learn to intend only loving intentions and to perceive only loving perceptions. In the ancient Aramaic, there is this 
this word that's been translated as humility. In ancient Aramaic, what the word means is simply the ability to look for and see the highest and best in another person and then choose to cooperate only with that highest and best. So instead of some meaning about making myself less than or groveling in the dirt or having feigned or false humility where I I say, oh, no, no, it's no, no, you don't need to clap or whatever. But secretly inside I'm, I'm thinking about how wonderful it is that people are applauding. Rather than that, the word that was translated by the Greeks as humility was about being able to look for and see the highest and best in another person and then actively choose to cooperate only with that highest and best. Well, this is basically what happens when we choose to reset the filter in our mind over intentions and reset the filter in our mind over perception. We will only see loving intentions and we will only perceive loving aspects of the life unfolding in front of us. One of the other things that comes from the Kabor's manuscript translations that the, the foundation was doing was the idea of perfect love. And perfect love was defined as having these two filters over intention and perception, having them set in such a way that we are only able to intend things that are loving and only able to perceive things that are loving. And that's essentially the definition for humility from the ancient Aramaic. When I first learned this body of work with Dr. Michael Rice, he would talk about resetting Rachma and Kuba. How do you do that? You simply say to yourself, I'm going to intend, change the filter over my intention so that it can only be loving. And I'm going to choose only loving thoughts and loving intentions. And I'm going to choose to perceive only loving images, only loving interpretations of whatever comes at me as a flow of life energy. And I literally would be driving. I did quite a bit of driving back in those days. And I would be driving and I would just say, I reset Rachma and I reset Kuba. I reset the filter over intentions and I reset the filter over perceptions. And I would get some irritation coming up in me. And my mind would want to make me believe that it was because someone was driving erratically or tailgating me or and I would just breathe softly and slow the exhale down and say in my mind 
I reset Rachma, I reset Kuba. And I would do it multiple times a minute until I felt myself calming down. I'm choosing to intend only loving intentions, and I'm choosing to perceive only loving perceptions. I'm choosing to look for and see the highest and best in everyone around me. And even if they're not acting as though they know their true nature as love, I'm going to choose to cooperate with their true nature. Even though they might be raging or they might be impatient or they might be rude or they might be, you know, in a heap crying in depression, I'm going to choose to perceive them as the being of brilliance and light that I know we all are, even if they've temporarily forgotten or have yet to discover their brilliance. The choice is mine because as this book is pointing out, The Course in Miracles, Way of Masters is pointing out, we are creators. This A Walk in the Physical book points out, we are creators. We are creating with our mind energy in every moment. And it is perfectly within my choice pattern to say, I'm going to choose to share only the loving thoughts. I'm going to choose to see only the highest and best in the people around me. And then I'm going to choose to cooperate only with their highest and best. And the more I do that, the better my life gets. I've I've had people actually tell me, but then you're living in a fantasy because this person's raging at you. And I say, no, the person who's raging is the one living in a fantasy. I'm living and I'm choosing to focus my mind energy on their true nature and my true nature. So, yeah, you could say I'm living in a fantasy world. Or you could say they're the ones who have forgotten their true nature. They're living in the fantasy that there really is something to be rageful about here. And they're the ones who are creating unnecessary suffering. And I'm the one who's perceiving accurately, who's choosing to share only loving thoughts, to perceive only loving perceptions, and to therefore allow myself only to have loving intentions toward everyone and everything I interact with. And if you think that's a difficult thing to do, We have some tools to help make it far, far easier. The Reality Management Worksheet, the Three Early Memories of Conflict, the Targeted Journaling Tool that Michael calls the Mind Shifter, EFT Tapping, Connected Breathing. Uh, there were a couple other tools that just flooded into my brain, and they did, they went so fast I couldn't grab the names. But the the worksheets that are available on whyagain.org, whyagain.org website, click on the words that say start here, will take you to a page where you can see a list of different worksheets including Three Earliest Memories of Conflict and the Codependent 
to interdependence worksheet, the responsibility communication tool, the mind shifter tool. The list goes on and on. All of these tools are available to help us remove whatever is less than love from our energy system and make it easier and easier for us to choose to share only these loving thoughts. So 563-999-3581. Give us a call and press 1. Let us know. How is this resonating for you? What success or challenges you've had recently in trying to apply these tools in your life? What would be of benefit for us to spend the rest of this 27 minutes talking? Area code 541, you're in the air. Is this Celinda? Yes, it is. Happy Monday. Welcome. Same to you. Um, Yeah, right. It's a beautiful day. The sun is shining. I'm looking out on the whole valley where where we have a 360 view when we go for a walk of the mountains in Idaho and the Wallawas and the West Wall and the South Wall. So it's pretty spectacular. (laughs) It's a good place to grow in, Dr. Tim. Anyway, uh, what I'm calling about is Larry and I watched um, Christian Sundberg's interview with, I think it was a gentleman named Rick or something on... um, on, it was oh very long, and I was just amazed that how very much long meaning the, an hour and thirteen minutes. Uh, I think it was or longer. longer than that. Yeah. It was okay, so he has he has quite yeah, a few but, of them out there. I've only listened right. to the one that's an hour and thirteen minutes. Okay, so I'll look at the other ones, and I grabbed the uh, URL of the one uh, we watched. We had to finally bail on it because it was late and Larry was falling asleep and really and we were both uncomfortable on the couch so uh, we got about a half an hour to go but it sounded so way of mastery it sounded so Aramaic that I just it just blew me away I was very happy that you um, suggested him and also that you might pursue trying to interview him. I believe I heard that on the radio show. <clears throat> Are you done? Uh, yes, I'm taking a okay. breath. <laughs> All right. Well, that's allowed. Um, I just uh, the 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 thing I was. Um, referring to with him is to reach out to him simply to talk about using the word open rather than the word vulnerable. And he's got all of the concepts. He's got all the concepts. And I'm listening to the book, and, of course, he's saying that the book was basically channeled. He had uh, spiritual guidance about when to write and what to write for this book and it's in 100% agreement with the concepts that make me say it would be better to use the words I am open 
rather than I am vulnerable or I'm willing to be vulnerable. Because who you are can't be hurt, and that's the message in all of this. There is no danger of you being hurt, and that's the meaning behind the word vulnerable. And so it just seems right. to me it would be far more accurate and it would flow better to just say, I'm going to be wide open. I'm going to keep myself wide open as I experience this, that, or the other. Because he did, um, also because he did mention that he has this fear that he's come down in this dimension for this lifetime to deal with. And I could, I could see where in his fear he would feel very vulnerable. And yet what I hear you saying is just simply changing the wording might be very comforting and might be very helpful for his process. I really also caught his humility and the uh, essence of love in his soul that he was abiding in to the best of his ability in this dark place, as he described it. And so I just, I was very impressed, and I wouldn't mind at all listening to an interview with him and you, because that, to me, um, I think that would be a great interchange, a great sharing that, um, that I would love to listen to. So that's just a possibility. Well, we'll keep you posted if that happens. Perfect. And it's all good here, and thank you so much. And I'm plugging along, and I have a lot of things that came up with the mind shifter you gave me, and I'm still working with that mind shifter, and I'll share it as um, as I get, uh, as it finishes its process. And what was the specific mind shifter you were working with this time around? Let me see. The one you gave me. Let me find it. Um, It is safe. I changed a couple of the words to help me. It is safe, easy, and healing for me to be wide open, awake and aware, fully conscious and present with whatever goes on within me about everything that scares me. Well, if you're like most of us, that would stir up quite a bit of stuff. Oh, yes. It stirred up in about the two and a half hours I worked on it already. It stirred up quite a bit of stuff. I've got one, two, three... And I'm going on the fourth page here. Fourth leaf. So it'll be eight pages probably. Pretty soon. Yep. And uh, it's good work. And actually at the very last one I said, good work, CM. (laughs) I'm proud of all of you. Well, I've got my little nickname. I've got my Celinda and CM was a... Uh, an acronym for my name that was um, given to me by an ex-roommate a long time ago when I was Crawford Mock instead of Miller. 
I'm okay, you're okay. That's what came up in my mind. I'm okay, you're okay. And that whole process is the parent, the child, and the adult. And um, From transactional analysis, that old school yeah. of thought? Yeah. Uh, it stuck with me, that process, that perception. It was like a trinity for me, and it stuck. And now it's a process of harmonizing those three parts of myself that I feel that this this whole process you've given me with the mind shifter is helping me do. And I really appreciate it. Well, and I'm that, glad you're finding uh, it useful. Yeah, and that Christian Sundberg's... Um, interview last night with the gentleman I think it was like something like Buddha at the gas pump or something like that was one of the references that uh, might have been his name but it was also something else and I didn't know what it was but Buddha, uh, Buddha at the gas pump reminds me the way of the the way of the warrior um, by Dan Millman that I, I read all these books a long, long time ago, and it's now they're coming all home like chickens coming home to roost. And I'm going, oh, <laughs> uh, on level seeing connections I never saw before. And it's just very calming, very reassuring, and very hopeful. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that's happening for you. And, of course, you're like most of us on any kind of spiritual journey, that's the way it goes. You know, we it doesn't really matter what we want to have happen. We grow and change as we're ready. And, you know, we can read what might be the perfect book for spiritual growth and just not get much of anything out of it at all. Or we might get tremendous intellectual stimulation out of it, and yet, no true benefit. And then, days, weeks, months, years, or even decades later, we reread the book or somebody mentions it to us, and all of a sudden, our experience of life changes. And we attribute it to the book when really it's just our own readiness was, is what was changing. And that is what I'm learning to be gentle with. For myself, I notice I'm much, uh, usually unless the stress is very high, I'm much more willing to be gentle with another's readiness, and not always, (laughs) um, than I am with my own. That's... And this this journey started for me, Dr. Tim, when I was four years old. And I remember um, I was so nurtured by my grandmother. And then also I went to vacation Bible school. And I remember all those little tiny songs we, we used to sing in vacation Bible school. Like, Jesus loves all the little children and deep and wide and... Um, the wise man built his house upon the rock and 
Foolish Mad Builders. They're just um, many little tiny songs that come up. Very reassuring. But that's been a long journey. That's been almost a 75-year journey that I've been playing with. Well, I'm glad that you're finding uh, movement with this most recent journaling, and I hope you feel free to keep us posted as you experience clarity and shifts in that. I certainly will. All right. Is there anything else we can help you with today? No, just to spread a little gratitude around, which you do so well and which I am uh, learning to do and uh, joy and peace that, as Christian said, we are, and we just don't feel it very often. So I love all this. Thank you. All right. I'm laughing it up. You're welcome. You're welcome and deserving. I'll mute you so you can listen into the rest of the show, and I'll... Remind us all that we've got another 14 or 15 minutes left. If you've got a comment or a question or an answer or a testimonial, give us a call at 563-999-3581 and press 1 on the phone. Is there something that you would benefit from us doing, either helping you frame out a worksheet or... Area code 610, you're in the air. Is it Susan? Hi, Tim. Yep. Um, I have a question about something you said early in the show. You talked about, um, I don't don't remember exactly what it was about, but it had to do with paying attention to your intuition. Do you remember what it was? I have a question that's related. Maybe I should just ask the question. I have okay. a What's friend your question? who comes. <laughs> my, my, I have a friend who comes over and tells me that I should do muscle testing, and she does muscle tend, testing, and she does various kinds. She tugs, put loops her fingers together, and and she's very fast. She'll just do a little jerk with her fingers, and she'll have an answer, and. She's running a workshop, and I don't want to go to the workshop. I don't want to do this. I don't trust it. And then we were talking about something else, and she said, well, just go with your gut. You really don't have to muscle test. Just go with your gut. Is gut the same thing as muscle testing? Is just getting a feeling about something? You may need to do a worksheet on some feelings you get, and it might be exact opposite of what the muscle testing is going to tell you if you're really doing it. <sighs> Sorry, I'm a little inarticulate, but <clears throat> well, I think you're right on to something. And one of the one of the things that I say most often when this comes up is I say, when it's your gut, when it's true intuition, one of the hallmarks that you'll be able to tell the difference between that and your ego or any your shoulds or your cultural conditioning, etc. One of the hallmarks is when it's your gut or your intuition, you will have a sense of calm, peace, strength, 
steadiness, it'll just be rock solid and you'll have a knowing. And if you're fretting about it, it's probably not your intuition. It's probably not your gut. It's probably not your spirit guides. Mm. Interesting. Well, let's add the clinker into the whole thing. Uh, okay. What what adds a clinker to the whole thing? What I just said? Yeah. I'm not that comfortable with what my gut was feeling about, for instance, doing muscle testing and the fact that I don't trust it. I'm not all that calm when I think that thought. I just think I'm not terribly upset, but I just think I I wouldn't be able to trust my own if I were muscle testing on myself, I would assume that my brain had already gotten in the way and that the truth was not accessible through muscle testing. Okay. I admire people who can do it, but I don't, I can't do it or I won't do it. See, I'm not all okay. peaceful about it. Okay. So. Okay. But, okay. Make it be Okay. <laughs> There's something in you that doesn't want, and whether it's just a matter of you don't want to be forced to do it, or something in you that knows enough of your own mind games, and you know, remember how we talk about um, your greatest strengths will at times be your greatest weaknesses, your greatest assets at times your greatest liabilities. That's one of the bottom line observations. And so you know your intellect would probably get in there and start making excuses and rationalizations, and so you don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. That's perfectly okay. You don't need to do that in order to get movement or growth or to live your life well. Okay, and then this bleeds over to not trusting muscle testing that anybody else does either. Because I think they're doing the same thing. But, but, then, but then don't. But if they're doing it for themselves, what business is it of yours? If it concerns right. a decision about my life, it does. Well, but not if it's their decision. Right? Notice what you're doing if you're focusing your mind energy on things you don't really have any control over. That's one of the most useful things that we can do in this work is to say, oh, let me just focus on what I have control over. And it's not my business what other people choose to do with their life, whether it relates to muscle testing or anything else. No, I I agree with you totally. But if she muscle tests on herself, to discern something that I'm wondering about. I don't even want to mess with that. Okay, but why would you... You already said you, <laughs> you, you aren't comfortable with the muscle testing routine, so why are you even worrying or, or discussing this with somebody else? If they muscle test on themselves and they say, oh, this is what you should do, you say, okay, thanks very much, have a nice day, and you move on. <laughs> okay, good. 
Oh, okay. All right. But this Good. is this, this, this goes okay. But this goes right back to what we were talking about the last time you were on the show, and yes, you did all that powerful sharing, which I I tried to thank you abundantly for at the end of the show, and and that mind shifter or that worksheet I was recommending about you wanting outside validation. That's just exactly what it is, and it's popping up everywhere. So then do the worksheets or do the mind shifter on releasing that or Mm -hmm. do the actual release technique that Dr. Mice talks about where you visualize the spot in the center of your mind, the center of your brain, Mm -hmm. and and you put a little picture of yourself grasping for outside validation in the center of your brain, and then you ask God, light, love, Holy Spirit, whatever, to help you release your attachment to that outside validation. Do that and then do some mind shifter writing about it's safe and healing for me to release all attachment to outside validation, to live my life completely from my own inner guidance. And what I get, because I did that mind shifter, it's like, you know that game they call whack-a-mole? Yes. As soon as I get I do one of them down, game. another one pops up. It's just endless. And um, so, I mean, that's it's just, it's the part of the worksheet that says, let me not make up another story to support my position, my not wanted position. So I'm still right. in the middle of it. But, uh, it's it's that, but it's also the idea that, you know, Michael Reist says his tongue-in-cheek line about, you know, they ask um, Yeshua, how many of these uh, reality management worksheets do we have to do? Now, yeah. I say it's tongue-in-cheek because they didn't have reality management worksheets back then, but they asked him, yeah. how many times do we have to forgive and the answer was 77 times 70, which meant an infinite number of times until it's complete. It wasn't mm-hmm. about a mathematical number. It was about the idea right. that a zero, you know, seven is the number of completion, and when you add a zero to a number, that means infinity. So you have to do the forgiveness process. You have to dismantle your negative thoughts and beliefs an infinite number of times until you're done with it. So the whack-a-mole game fits in there. Mm-hmm. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If you were raised in a way that said, if you're not getting outside approval from parents or grandparents or whoever the primary caregivers were in your life, then you're not safe or you're going to get physically beaten or you're going to get ridiculed or whatever, then you have a very strong momentum behind the pattern of thoughts that says you need outside validation in order to be safe. And it's going to take quite a bit of work to dismantle that. Mm -hmm. And it's probably worth every bit of effort it takes to dismantle that. Good to hear because I was 
Yeah, I, this is where my friend who just dropped in, she dropped in and we were talking about various things and she, I do have my own convictions. Once in a while they pop up and I, I know I, I know that this is the way it should be for me. And I have convictions. But then other things come in and interrupt that. And that was happening with her. She has, she's a powerful personality. She's sitting there on the couch saying, oh, no, you should do this. Or this is right. I can feel it. I know it. I, I can see it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm sitting there saying, oh, no, there's my whack-a-mole again. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and oh, Dr. Michael God. Rice talks about it, and he says, look, it, it, it's really good to have the distinction, to be able to make the distinction between right versus wrong thinking and mm-hmm. right for me versus not right for me. Yes. So I could say, if I, if I practice that that pattern of observing and thinking, I can say to a friend like the one you're describing, okay, well, that's lovely, and that may be right for you. It's just not right for me. Thank you. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I should memorize that. Just pull it out when I need it. Mm. Yeah. Well, thanks. Good. Well, well, you're welcome. And that's, you know, it is the whack-a-mole. It is the 77 times 70 worksheet issue, or it is the uh, mind shifter that I'm going to have to do over and over again Every time it comes up, you know, I had a, uh, I'll be doing a series of worksheets um, throughout the day today and tomorrow because I woke up this morning and my low back, my hip slash low back is aching or out. You know, we used to call it my back went out. But I know that that when that comes up on me, that's tied to some level of fear that I'm not processing at a conscious level. And I've learned that over the years because of the worksheets I've done that have um, almost miraculously released the energy. And there's, you know, a neuroemotional technique that I have done on me that has had that tremendous benefit. So I know when the hip goes out like that, and it's not like I took a slip on the ice and, you know, cracked my hip or anything. It's just an energy in me that's lodged in, you might call it the psoas muscle, and it's torquing my hip in a certain way. So I'm going to do the worksheets on it. I'm going to do the EFT tapping about it. I'm going to explore what I might be holding some unconscious fear about and release. And I want to be willing to do that an endless number of times until I no longer have any hip discomfort. That's a big incentive, isn't it, to have something physically that's getting in the way of moving around or something. Well, it it can be, but for for some people it's just the incentive to go take drugs or go to their doctor. But it can be the incentive to go do your emotional work. Okay, well, our up. We're at the end of the hour. Thank you so much for the call. I'll mute you so you can listen in. I'll remind us all that we come from love. We're made of the stuff we call love. We actually are love, and everything else is false. Welcome, Jeannie Rice. Thank you, Dr. Tim. You're welcome. And the uh, 
the chat room is just the spinning wheel of um, confusion today. I see that. Yeah, yeah. it's like so kicking me in and out. Yeah. So have a wonderful show. Thanks. So welcome, everybody, to the second hour of MindShifters Radio. Today is Monday, February the 13th, 2023. And our calling number is... 563-999-3581 and press 1 and that puts you in queue to talk to us. We'd love to hear your comments and questions because that makes this your show. Welcome, Michael. I was just getting ready to say we had an awesome weekend with breathing on Saturday and the meeting on Sunday and we missed a few people um, that weren't there so uh, we hope that they're doing okay and Happy Eternal Day to my sweetie, Michael. Dear heart, it is uh, turning out to be a happy Eternal Day. We've got beautiful sunshine today after a full rainy day yesterday. And new garden is rocking. We've got almost about 90% covered with leaf mulch now. So the soil's down and the, the uh, base is down and the cardboard's down and the lawn underneath it's composting so we're going to be ready to plant those seeds when they arrive we did finally find a source Jeannie did for some uh, some native seeds what were they a hundred dollars or so a pound so somebody's doing all right with that with that deal but it's good to be able to get a hold of them we've had trouble finding them and so yeah yeah it was a hundred and four dollars for a pound and that'll cover about half of our garden, we have a thousand, um, a two thousand five hundred square feet, and that'll a pound will cover about a thousand two hundred square feet. Of course, we're going to have a pathway in there too, but um, it was um, a minimum of twelve native seeds, wildflower seeds that are native to this area. So, cool, all pollinator seeds, right? Yes. Cool. Yes, so the beginning of a new year, a new spin around the sun for me, and looking forward to it. I look forward to every year that moves. I look, I'm, I'm really excited watching how life unfolds. I'm excited about 20 years from now, 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 years from now. So looking forward to just what and how it all unfolds. Pretty amazing to have a human life. And if you're out there in listener land, if you're on one of those stations where we can't see you in our control panel, then we can't talk to you. So if you call the the show directly, the number is 563-999-3581, you'll be listening to the show. And then if you push one, that'll raise a hand in the control panel and through the magic of technology, we'll be able to have a conversation. And then when the show is complete, if you'd like to that conversation, if you like you need to listen to it again, you can go to our website, whyagain.org. You'll see a microphone in the middle of the page. If you click that microphone and drill down, you'll be able to download the show. So create a link to it. You can listen to it on your phone or your computer or copy it to share it. Pass the link on to hello. someone else. And, well, then let's say hello. It is 610. I believe it's Miss Susan. Welcome. Hey, hi, I was on with Dr. Tim, and you know when you press one and then you get off and you get on, 
sometimes you don't see it or I don't know how that works. <clears throat> that well, it's good to hear your voice Michael, anyway. It's been a while. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Have a, um, I hope it's. I hope it's a great day for you. I really admire you for doing all this gardening stuff, and um, all the um, the mulch you've gotten and the shoveling you're doing, and you're you seem to love the gardening. We are. You know, I've never done it before, and the last uh, really? four years since we've been settled here, it's been really quite awesome to participate. I mean, literally every morning, I we've got a window that looks out over the garden, and I open the window, and that's the first thing I do. Or actually, sometimes in the middle of the night when I get up, the toilet happens to be right beside a window, so I'll even at night open the window just to gaze on it. It's just it's. Uh, miraculous to me you know you put a little hole in the ground you put this little thing called a seed in it and it gives you wealth i mean how does life get better than that well that's the question (laughs) you know your your business of the little park i did some research on the little park and i found a neighbor who's doing something similar and has little signs in his yard that this is a grow zone um cool Jeannie just asked me if your phone is popping. No, it's not. Um, anyway, and my son is texting me too, but I really do have something I wanted to ask you. Okay. Well. <laughs> There's a lot going on at once. My son is home from work today. Various things converged, and uh, so he's he, he's texting me. I've got to tell him I'm on the radio, so, so shut up for a little while, and I'll call you later. Um, <laughs> he's taking the um, well day. Good, he, he Good is, for him. Yeah. Well, the first question isn't about gardening, but if we get past that one, I would like to talk to you about gardening too. Okay. Um, Post-COVID, it's been diagnosed this itch is a post-COVID phenomenon that has turned up with a lot of people, and the dermatologist says it may be as much as six months before it goes away. Okay, hmm. so I've got the situation. Um, and it's very surprising. It's a little like shingles, but not nearly as painful. But I'll suddenly have this burning, like, nerve itch in my shoulder or, you know, in embarrassing places. It ne- I never know okay. when it's going to show up. You know, and here I am in the public place, and you just can't take care of that sort of thing. But I'm thinking, right. where is it? Where is it in my psyche? What do you do with the fact that supposedly it's an external thing that happened? And of course, I could do wake-up sheets on what itching means and how do I itch in my life, and I've done some. But what am I irritated about? <laughs> okay. What is, what is my mind telling me is irritating me? Like those okay. people who throw away plastic and things like that. You know those people. Well, yeah, those people. Okay, <laughs> I'm writing this down. But the okay, but those things irritate me without the itch. And the itch, I I could say to my itch, all right, itch, I get it. I am irritated about people who buy single-use plastic and toss it on the lawn of the park. Or, you know, or I, I go to Costco and I see just banks and banks and banks of single-use water bottles and people buying them 
stacked high on these trolleys, and I'm thinking, wake up! So, yes, there's a lot of work to do there in that. But why do I need this itch? I'm already, I know I'm itchy. What's, well, what's the deal? <laughs> well, remember, remember the, the, the analogy we've, we, we've used before, that the universe comes along and we've got a piece of work to do, and it taps us on the shoulder. And if we don't listen to the tap, then it gives us a little kick in the butt. And, you know, before long, it's hitting us with a two-by-four. And so maybe there's something that you've not been willing to listen to that, you know, the uh, the energy is accumulated enough that now it's going to turn into a physiological phenomenon that is trying to get your attention. So I guess I'd just be paying more attention. I ask Ruka, I'd ask Ruka, remember half of the definition of Ruka is she who teaches us the truth. I'd be asking mm-hmm. Ruka to show me what specifically is this about? What can I do aside from just endure this for six months? And then be okay. in listening mode. You know, get get the mind, the the perceptual constructs of the mind quiet enough to listen to that answer. And, you know, it might come in the very oddest moment. You know, you're sitting eating a piece of toast, and all of a sudden your mind just kind of wanders into this place. When I first started teaching uh, and understanding intuitive development, I can remember the first time that I really asked for information about something and all of a sudden I noticed my mind was in a different place or my awareness was in a different place and it was a subtle energy I was aware of and all I had to do to let myself be aware of what in that moment I became aware had always been there was I just needed to turn my head a little bit to the left and look. Mm. And it was like something that, you know, somewhere in my psyche I knew was always there, all of a sudden came to awareness and I became aware of how to access it. And a, a big part of it is quieting the noisemaker, the mind. So you mm. might just try asking and see what it what it gives you. And And... Being willing, one of the exercises we do in intuitive development is we'll we'll have you st- partnered with a person, and we'll go through a number of exercises where you're getting feedback on what your intuitions are, and then we'll invite you to broaden your spectrum of how you receive information by asking yourself the question. So if I were looking at this person, and they were symbolized in my mind as a plant, what would the plant be? If yeah. it were a body of water, what would the bo- body of water be? How deep would it be? How cold? How warm would it be? If they were a sky, what would what would that sky? And so just using that, that as a mechanism to let information in in ways mm-hmm. that we don't normally let information in. So you may just you know allow yourself to, to flow with that a little bit and see what comes. You know, you asked those questions, and I could answer those questions for every question you said. That kind of information seems very readily available. If a person were a plant, what kind of a plant, animal, what color is that person's spirit? Those are things that, why isn't this other thing accessible? So then, 
so if if this irritation were to come to your full awareness, what would it come to your awareness as? Oh, brother. You would ask your Your brother? <laughs> oh, brother. No, not my brother. My brother is a okay. good fellow. No. Uh, well, that doesn't yeah. mean, you know, okay. that doesn't mean that your itch isn't a good fellow either. <laughs> you know, uh, you may be categorizing it. That might be something to do with let go of categorizing it as something, quote, unquote, other than a good fellow. There, my brain went with the first question, so I lost you. Do you want to explain that, or should we keep going? <laughs> I well, got just, my you know, oh gosh, it's awful. I'm phenylon. <laughs> I am being phenylon. Mm. I am just the most irritated after all this time. I'm deal. I'm doing worksheets on irritation of various situations and people, rather constantly. It's not many people, but it's a couple of people I'm working with. I make all these decisions that I'm going to, and I do the worksheets, but it's still there. It's like I can't get under it. I can't dig deep enough. I can't scratch hard enough to find where this is. Why? Why care? Who cares? Oh, gosh, Michael. Anyway, yeah, okay. We don't even need to talk anymore. I think I got my work cut out. Okay. Nice. And the other, the other question that you had about what I was saying is when you say, when I asked, I heard you say, oh, brother, and I turned it into your brother. And you yeah. went into, no, he's a nice guy. Then that would imply that you're characterizing this feedback that you're getting as, or the word was good, that you're perhaps categorizing this feedback as bad. And, of course, it's not going to talk to you a whole lot if you're telling it it's bad. You're going to reject it anyway. So that was the other part of the conversation I was suggesting. Okay. Is yeah. maybe you put this in the category of, thank you, God, for this irritation that I'm experiencing physically, this getting my attention, because now I get to go into tissue and deal with what's there. And gee, maybe as a result of this beautiful gift of irritation, I'll get to heal my whole tissue structure on a whole other level and step into a more earnest, a more peaceful, a more rewarding, a more a sweeter life. So thank you, Irritation. Maybe. Or not. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and another thought that keeps coming is that you might do some asking of your generations about their status with Irritation. The thought comes for me intuitively. The thought comes that maybe there's a genetic component to this that might be well, someone in your ancestry knocking on your door. I, I'll have to think about that. But what comes to mind is when I was quite small, I was evidently complaining bitterly to my mother about some person who was irritating to me. And she said, you are a very critical little girl, aren't you? 
I thought, yep. And then later on, one of my mentors, I was a young, I was a teenager counselor at a camp. And it's a long story, but I went to her. She was an older woman, like a crone, a wise old woman. We called her Dr. Anne. And I went to her in a terrible state because a boyfriend had just broken up with me. And I was a wreck. And I went to her and I couldn't even talk. I just sat there and cried. And finally she Mm. said to me something I never understood how she thought to say that. But she said to me, you are going to find people very lacking in your life. I never understood quite what she meant. I interpreted it to say that she thought I was super something or other and that most people were kind of dull in comparison. And Mm -hmm. I thought about that. What did she mean? Why am I remembering those two things right now, but they got to be relevant? Because they're probably right on track. And my thought would be that they're both the same comment, the comment that came from your mother and the comment that came from Doc Ann. Yeah. Is that there's a, and and criticism comes from fear. So what that would imply is that the fear filter is active often for you. That is very true. Or the hostility feeder filter, which means that your mind produces threat very easily. Reality is based in mm-hmm. threat. Mm-hmm. And so the work would be to really befriending and connecting to Rachma so that whatever comes in, even if it is, let's say it is some kind of a real threat, it comes in through Rachma, it comes in through love. And therefore, you don't have to be in some sort of irritation or threat. You can just be in intelligence and notice, hmm, I need to pay attention to this. This is something that could be a threat to me. I don't have to go into an alarm state or startle. If I see it through rock, I can just understand that this is something I need to pay attention to and do something about. So the invitation there, you know, from... You know, when Yeshua, when they ask him what's the most important thing, in essence, they're saying in, in being a human being, he says you must have Rachma. You've got to have this filter in the frontal over your brain active so that you, love, are present in your physiology and your mind doesn't have to produce threat or irritation to handle something that is perhaps threatening or irritating as the world would call it. Yeah, that makes sense. So it sounds like another yeah. another level of invitation. And uh, they were both informing you. You know, they were kind of like a, a personal code evaluation informing you what, uh, what your work was. Gosh, my brain's just, you know, doing a hydra right now. I mean, there are so many little... Keep notes. <laughs> yeah, you know, you shot it down. You had me do a cleanse, and I did the whole thing thirty days, and the itch is still here. 
Mm-hmm. So the rash is gone, but the itch is still there. The rash totally went. Well, that's a good start. So it sounds like you're well underway. And now you've been given through your intuition the pathway to the next level. Thank you, Mom, and thank you, Doc Ann. Yeah. My daughter-in-law is a pediatric rheumatologist, and when I told her about this itch with no symptoms, just the itch, she said, have you gotten into a state of sort of neurotic scratching? I have to ask her what she meant, but I think I intuitively have a feeling of what she meant is something else that isn't biological is now continuing with this itchy business. So, right. you know, you call it neurotic. Anyway, thank you for for that. I've been using the gentle art of blessing, but you know what? It is like, I feel like Sisyphus pushing the rock up the hill. When I feel it, it's endless, eh? It is. I I put my hand (laughs) on my heart and I look at the person that I want to clobber and I say, I love you and I bless you. And I can feel a little shift and release, but it isn't as joyful and pleasant as it was, you know, like a honeymoon period. The honeymoon period is over. This is work. And it doesn't have to be work, but this is just what's. So even the Gentle Art of Blessing book is a way of, I think it allowed that whole avenue of inquiry to open up. Powerful. And and each of those, when you find yourself having to put your hand on your heart in order to deal mm-hmm. with something, would be a place to initiate a worksheet. Sure. I mean, yeah, right. When you're doing, you know, you... You've got the new worksheet that we put out, right? Have you been using that one? I have, and you know I have one complaint about it. It's, I shouldn't call it a complaint. It's a question, but I've run into Ir- An irritation, my, you mean? <laughs> with my, <laughs> it's also run into it with my... You're a good sport, Michael. But <laughs> when I've worked with my Zoom people, I get to 6A, and... Canceling that goal, the driver that selects the data that produces my reality, my errant perception collapses, and I get to drop into the parts of my mind, etc. I have had people already accessing some really deep primal thing. And I get to right. that and I read it and like they look like a deer in the headlights and they say, come again, and suddenly they're back in their head. So yeah. what I've been doing, because this has happened several times, I say, just forget that. Drop down to action step while holding love conscious, uh, love conscious, active and present. I go to that and they re-engage and they're off and running and they can finish the worksheet. My question right. for you is, do we have to have that right there, right then? Well, Here's the thing. We could actually just have a one-step worksheet. I cancel my goal. Mm -hmm. That could be all there is to the worksheet. Mm -hmm. But we add the the, the part in about 
what's the situation so that I can be really specific about the goal. We add in the part about bringing love present. We do each step is a process of building brain cells. And so the person who doesn't have the brain cells uh, is not going to, they're going to be like the deer in the headlights, but it's an invitation mm -hmm. to build awareness on another level of what's really going on. Okay, that makes sense. In the case of the people I'm working with, we've done worksheets together. And they don't they don't want to stop do that right then. They've already sort of done it. But maybe that's just for people who aren't new at it. Or maybe I'm not. Well, as I say, you know, it takes yeah. building the brain cells. Well, they have them. I think they have them by then. My my thought was this probably belongs here, but maybe not right here. Maybe it belongs in the pile of small print at the bottom or something. And I may be wrong, but this has been, this is what I've done. I've done it twice with clients in the Zoom group. We've used the worksheet, but they get there and and they say, uh, 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 and then we go to the action step and they're back engaged where they were. But maybe maybe I'm missing something. I mean, I could stand correcting. Maybe we should stop, take a breath, re-engage the noodle again, do some more brain work, and then get back into the feelings where they had arrived before. Well, you'll notice whenever I teach the worksheet, if you watch the Why Is This Happening to Again workshop, when I get to that step, I inform people, so here we are. Before we do the action step, we're going to review the whole first half of the workshop. Okay. We're going to look at the basic principles that are involved here. And that, when, you can, when you've got those brain cells, become a platform you can step up on to go to the next level. Okay. And that maybe is going to have to be reinforced. I mean, that's a complex statement. Yeah. That's placed okay, there. I can do and, that. And purposely so. Right. Well, okay. I, I, I honor your, um, your, your idea, and I like how you introduce it, like saying, okay, let's, let's reorient, let's take a breath, step back, let's take a look at these things, stop for a moment, let's read this. Review these, and then we can go on. I think they just feel as if they're sort of rolling along, and suddenly the wheels hit a rock, and they just stop yeah. dead, and they they get all confused. So anyway, and remember yeah, that confusion is a really positive mm -hmm. place to be. You know, it's a whole lot better place to be than thinking you know something when you really don't have a clue. <laughs> and yeah, as you're bringing new constructive information into the mind and the mind has different information, those two are going to clash and that's going to create the confusion and it's like cleaning out the confusion. I don't know if you had the uh, the experience when you started working with A Course in Miracles, but I certainly remember it and I've worked with hundreds of people who've had that experience where they're reading just what appears to be a simple sentence in the course and they read it and they're like, Wait a minute. Let me let me go back and read that again. I I I, I know All I just read something, but I don't know what it was. Yeah, I know. I okay. read that a lot. First, yeah. yeah. 
And then, you know, six months down the road, you read that paragraph, and it's just, oh, they're just words on the page. It's just, oh, that makes perfect sense. But it, the mind can make perfect sense of it because it has the brain cells. If the mind isn't making perfect sense of it, it's because it does not have yet the eyes to see and the ears to hear. Yeah. And to revisit it opens the space for building those eyes and ears. And, and in order for that to happen, what's not true has to be processed out. And that's what people are confronting at that stage is what's not true in the mind. Well, wait a minute. This doesn't make any sense. What do you mean I'm going to come into a direct conscious relationship with and remove the denied, dissociated, projected parts of my carbon-based memory? Well, what are you talking about? What does that mean? Oh, well, what it means is you've hidden things from yourself, and now you're asking to be shown how to come into conscious relationship with it so that you can throw it out, so you can transmute it. Make sense? Mm. Hmm, yeah, that makes sense. But until those brain cells are built, and that's why I always introduce it with, and, and here's the whole half, first half of the workshop in a nutshell. Here's what's going to happen. The other question I have, so you're starting to use that one, how is uh, 3D fitting for you oh. and then 6B when you cancel the goal for the, the – uh, the reason so I, I want this. So I can, yes. Yeah. Sometimes we don't use that. If a person knows the answer right away, they'll just say, so that I can do this. But very often, we just go on from that. They don't resonate with that. I haven't forced them yeah. to stay right. there. Would you recommend that I do? Well, if you're looking at you know, there's the goal that I hold for someone else. And this was, I think, a really great insight. And, you know, Magda brought it to us a couple, right. several years right. ago. And it was David Hayes, who used to be at Heartland. And you know, before you guys got to Heartland, he had left. But, you know, it was David Hayes that came up with that one. And it it really fits that when I want something from you, it's so that I think I'm depending on you in order for me to accomplish something. And when I can look at both levels, there are really two goals involved. And so it's kind of like, you know, I just doubled the value of the worksheet from one. I get rid of not just one goal, but two. And a, and a, yeah. a level that I often keep hidden from myself so that I can. And and it also you know brings people back home to themselves instead of, oh, no, no, it's all about them. Yeah, I've got to go for them. Yeah, it's about them. It's about them. It's a no. Well, but I'm making it about them so that I can. And when I let myself drop into that part of my mind, I'm going to I'm going to get another I'm going to get a double whammy in canceling goals. I totally get it. And I wish I hadn't taken that 3D as lightly as I have. I will not take it that way anymore. What you were telling me about, you know, hostility and irritation, what's all about fear? So that I can. That's the answer to the so that I can, so that I can be safe, so that I can make sure I'm getting enough air, so that I'm not being starved to death, frozen out, abandoned, all this stuff. Exactly, that's where that would go. Exactly. And if you would just do what I want you to do, then I could be at peace. <laughs> yeah. God. And the truth is, if I want to be at peace, nobody has to do anything but me. 
I have to get rid of the disturbed part of my mind that I don't want to look at and don't want to deal with. Totally true. How frustrating. I was telling Dr. Kim. Wait a minute. Let me me see now. Something something outside of you frustrates you, so it's it's frustrating. Okay. Oh, I didn't know that was possible. I'll have to look into that and see if that's even possible. Quiet, Michael. I know that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just playing with you. You know know I'm only serious. I was telling Dr. Tim that it's like whack-a-mole. As soon as I get one taken care of, the other one pops up. And this is the 77 times 7 worksheet. It somehow all zeroes down into so that I can be safe. They all end up safe and not starved or safe and not cold or whatever it is. But it's anyway, you were going to ask me about another part of the worksheet well, the other thought I hold is that, and you'll move through the whole process a whole lot faster if you can look at that underlying goal. That's been my experience yeah. in working with it, and that's why I put it yeah. in there. And Jean, she's been okay. using it in her uh, Women Healing Women Intensive all along. She started on that one a long time ago, Good. Okay. which is why that one's in the app as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, that app. So, yeah, that's a good app. It is. So, it is. And you, you said there was another place in the worksheet. No, it was just it was the uh, the three B. Okay. It was the one I, I had thought the thoughts about. So. Okay. Well, I think I ran out of stuff. How about you? I'm good. I'm rocking. Uh, one other thought with the irritation, are you keeping your yes. hand in the Avacyn? Get that yes. physiological uh-huh. circulation? Good, good, awesome. Yeah. That will definitely well, support. Okay. Uh, I've, been, I've been looking at the box in which it arrived from your house and thinking it's time to send it back to you. Jeannie mentioned that there were a couple of other people that might like to use it. And I've certainly had it for a long time. So, well, we'll look, and if there's someone ready for it, I'll I'll let you know. Okay. Awesome. I, yeah, you've been you've been generous about that. The other thing I wanted to um, mention is just that. Yeah. What, Jeannie? Oh, I was just going to say you were talking about plastic earlier, and what I thought of was Michael found a laundry detergent that comes. I mean, it's like little sheets. And they just dissolve, and they work great. And so you don't have the big plastic bottle with the laundry detergent in it. And um, I think even the package it comes in is uh, biodegradable or whatever. So it's really pretty cool. Yeah, I have dishwasher soap and laundry soap, and come in little pillows of biodegradable um, stuff, and it's safe. You can find stuff like that on the internet. I'm doing my part. I'm irritated because other people aren't doing their parts. And then I add, really? I'm doing my part to an really? extent. Yeah. Really? You're, you're irritated about what somebody else is doing. Really? Now, there's another one of those <laughs> things. I'll have to check into that. I didn't think that was possible, but I'll, I'll check it out and see. <laughs> All right. Touche. All well, right. I was just about to make a confession that I buy almond butter, and it only comes in plastic tubs. So, see, I'm I'm. I'm singing one song, but I'm still doing something else, too. So that's a confession. 
Nobody's perfect. You're absolved. Uh, okay. Well, the prayer of absolution. My father plays dominoes better than your father. Uh, I bought a lot of seeds to start a garden, and I don't want to do a garden. Well, then I'd pass the I seeds find, on to somebody else. Okay. I need your, I want, I, this is another thing I could do a worksheet on. I want your permission. Is it okay if I don't do a garden? Hey, pass the seeds on to somebody else. Sounds good to me, but not up to me whether you do a garden or not. I <laughs> know. <sighs> okay. I won't take your time with that silly thing. I'm certain anymore. I'm certain that the local organic farmers would love it if you don't do a garden and and support them. That's you know, that's the next best thing I think. Yeah. We do do that. Yeah. Okay. Thank cool. you, Michael. Sweet. All right, we appreciate you, dear heart. Lots of love. Thank you. You too. Happy birthday right. again. Thank you. Bye bye. Awesome. And actually, we have now got five hands up. <laughs> well, let's go for it. Who's next? Let's go All for right. it. All right. The first one, I believe, is Mr. Terry Bowling, uh, 336. You're on the air. Hey, guys. How are you folks doing? Hey, good. Hey, we're rocking. How about you, Terry? Super. I, ha- I just wanted to comment on the confusion. Now, 13 years ago... Out in Heartland, I was experiencing a lot of confusion, which also triggered a lot of irritation. And then when you explained the concept that new information was trying to enter my brain and was conflicting with things that I already had and maybe even held dearly, there's a little battle going on. The light right. went off, and I'm, oh, my gosh, I get it. So now I tell all the people I work with, all the guys, confusion, that means you're learning something, potentially. It's awesome. And so I've enjoyed that and shared it. And, uh, it was a direct experience from your uh, comment on what was going on. It just uh, set me well, it's, it's absolutely a necessary step in the healing process. You know, if I think I know something and I'm in error, when the truth comes in, those two energies mix, they're going to look like confusion. I, I, you've probably heard me before use the example of, okay, so I've got a whiteboard up here, and I shine a red light on it and a green light and a blue light. And we know that there's actually no such thing, you know, from a scientific point of view of red, blue, and green. They're just interpretations the brain give gives to different frequencies, but I have clarity when I shine the blue light here, and I have clarity in the red light there and the, the green light there, but if I put them all into on one spot, I'm going to get a mix of those frequencies, literally. It's going to be some sort of a, you know, a mishmash of red, blue, and green, those energetic patterns mixing. Well, it's exactly the same in the brain. When my error mind energy, it's a frequency just like light, comes up, and it confronts truth, the two try to mix, and the result is confusion. And so if I just keep, you know, pouring in truth and breathing, the confusion is going to be diluted and it's going to dissolve and disappear as I forgive. Beautiful. So it's and a necessary step in the healing process. 
I want to add another key piece for me. Uh-huh. And so I, I, I kind of kept track of all the worksheets and, you know, somewhere around uh, number 5,000 or so, literally. Right. Then the importance of checking that little box, I let go of the need to be right. It hit home and tied right and all, and I love checking that little box. And I told you with that new sheet, you had moved it down on the line, and my mind obliterated three sheets. I was like, wait a minute, Michael took this off here. I was getting ready to call you there and did another word. Where'd it go? There it is. <laughs> that was great. That's what I wanted to add to the mix today. Love you, buddy. I appreciate appreciate you guys. it, my friend. Yeah, that's good stuff. Get those other callers out there. All right. Blessings. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks. All right. The next one is area code 512. You're on the air. Who do we have? Oh, sorry. 512. Oh, you didn't mean to put your hand up? Okay. How'd I do that? (laughs) Well, you did. That's okay. Can we help you while we got you? Oh, maybe when I push one. Okay. That'll do it. That's that's how it's done. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was just talking to you earlier, um, and you said to call in, so I called in, just listening. Great. Well, any questions, on, you know, from uh, from that interaction earlier? Oh, I have a million questions, but I just like to. Uh, I'll just pick one. I like to talk. Anyone? What's that? Just pick one. Anyone? What's the first one that comes to mind? My mind, uh, the unanswerable one. <laughs> yeah, that's you the couldn't one. answer anybody. What? What makes you think? What makes me think? What makes Source think for nothing more than a simulation and an intelligence far greater than what we know as Source? <laughs> yeah, I told you. My, my, yeah, I have an answer for that. We actually have an app okay. for that. If you go to your, if you go to your uh, app store on your phone, you type in Heartland Aramaic Forgiveness. We've got a whole app designed just to answer that question. And for me, the answer to the question is, when I'm able to collapse what I think I know, I go into the equivalent of what people refer to as a near-death experience, where clinical death occurs, the mind of the past shuts up, and I get to touch what's unspeakable and uh, you know one of the ways to do that and i don't suggest people go out and do that is to to literally experience clinical death have a people called a near-death experience it's really a near-life experience most are dead to the truth of who they are their mind is just playing with it you know all of its past and all the all the stuff that it does but when people clinically die that whole thing shuts down and we get to taste Mm -hmm what's possible for us as human beings be that it's not necessarily a safe route to 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 take that try to use that solution but what forgiveness does when when we use it as it was originally designed to be used what forgiveness does is it gives you sometimes it's just for an instant but it collapses what that carbon-based memory system is doing it collapses the story based in the lie and we get to taste what and, we could uh, never put we could never put into words simulation even if i get to experience that it's just simulation in the intelligence <laughs> you know we could just be a 
a simulation within a simulation, you know, it's just like very frustrating. I don't even think sports can well, answer that. Okay, so here so here's my next thought. So uh-huh. our definition, you were asking me this morning about my definition of denial in this work. Our definition of denial is when I think or speak as though something outside of me is the cause of what's going on inside of me, then I'm in denial. And by doing that, I hide something from myself. And then I project it into my brain's image of the world, whatever I've hidden, and then I can pretend it's outside of me. So notice the denial in your statement. It's frustrating. My offering would be, there's no frustration in you because of whatever it is you're confronting. That's just the mind playing tricks on you. There's just frustration in you. And the frustration is there to be hidden. And it's the frustration that covers up the truth that you're seeking. And so you want to apply forgiveness in regard to the frustration that you're experiencing. How do you forgive? I haven't found too many people working with the course or anything else that have a clue how to forgive. I had worked with the course for years before I saw it right there in black and white, as clear and crisp as, as the light of day. And it's exactly what Yeshua taught 2000 years ago in the Aramaic language. And that is that whatever it is, you know, I'm trying to figure this out. I've got a goal. You'll notice you're never frustrated, angry, upset, irritated, or anything else about anything. I mean, unless you're just a generally miserable person, which is not what I get. But you're never irritated, upset about anything unless you have a goal for it. And that's the key way into forgiveness, a la first century Aramaic Yeshua and the Course in Miracles. And so what you do is you identify specifically what the goal is that you have for the object of attention. Oh, what's my goal? Well, I want to know the truth about life, and this is it a, stimu- a stimulation? Well, I could spend the next 10 centuries trying to figure that one out. And as you say, I'm not going to figure it out, but I can forgive it. And forgiving it would look like I can't, in Aramaic, the word forgive, the word that's been translated as forgive anyway, is shabag or shabak, and it means to cancel. So I can look at the fact that I have a goal to figure out life. And so forgiveness is going to look like I'm going to cancel my goal to figure out life. And what happens then, because our perceptual constructs are driven by our goals, when I remove that goal, that construct collapses. And when it collapses with all its blocks and all its, you know, verbal diarrhea, when it collapses, I get a taste. And when I continue to do that process, and sometimes I might need to do it 10 times a minute, that taste will expand and expand and expand. And now the, the trickster, the mind that wants to figure it out, wants to know everything and wants to make sure everybody knows it's right, will shut up. And then I get to just be life rather than getting suckered into its need to know. Yeah, and so the rules are true. I mean, what you're saying is true, and that is the rules within the system – but and if I would go with it, yes, you're right. I've, I've experienced it. You don't really have any. But what if that is the simulation? Just part of the simulation. When the simulation's over, it's over. 
you know. And, and and once again, I'm leaving my goal. As I said, sometimes you'll have to do it ten times in a minute. My goal comes up once again. Oh well, what if it's just a simulation? So I, my goal is to have that question answered. So now what I want to do is once again, and I might do this, you know, when they said to Yeshua the first time around, how many times do I need to forgive us to my brother? Is seven times enough? The Greeks translated as seven times 70. In Aramaic, what he said was 77 times 70. I'm going to cancel that goal perhaps an infinite number of times until that block is totally, completely dissolved. And then I get to live as a human being. And then when I choose to live as a human being, so maybe it's a hologram, maybe it's a simulation. What does it matter? Am I connected to love and I'm functioning out of love? Do I need something more? That's exactly what Esther Abraham said to me one time when I asked that question. What difference does it make? Well, the difference is, I couldn't think of the answer at the time, but I'm like, uh, now I'm like, well, you you, Abraham, teach that uh, you create your own reality. Well, isn't your very existence a part of your, your reality? So it's like, you know, I guess whoever's pulling the strings ultimately, if that was true, gets to determine the ultimate of who gets to create your reality. I didn't catch a question that. Can you rephrase it so I get the question? Yeah. No, it wasn't really a question. It was just like... Um, that was the same thing that Abraham said is what difference does it make? Well, the difference is, is, you know, if you're supposed to be a create your own reality kind of being, well, ultimately you're not really creating it. Uh, the ones that are running the game well, in, in the simulation when it's over. And, and all the tools what you're talking about work. I've done it. It works. And I don't deny that. But when the simulation's over, whoever's controlling it, <laughs> if, if that's even true – um, it, 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 it's over. You know, you don't really create your own reality except for what they do allow you to do within the simulation. Of course, you know, that's, that, that, that kind of leaves us then in, in the place. My offering would be that leaves us in the place of so. So my, my mind, my non-being mind can figure out the unanswerable question. And as long as I stick with that question, I can keep short-circuiting myself. Right. Right, so I, but I have no choice. What does why, that do for I, me? Yeah, right. I just ignore it. But ultimately, we may not be controlling this. <laughs> it is, it's oh, just, I, it I is, wouldn't suggest for one instant we are controlling it. I don't think we've even scratched the surface of what the possibilities are, let alone are we in control of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yes. And I've heard beings from higher, really higher dimensions talk about how they just as much as advanced they are, they're just amazed at how much more there is to creation, how little they know. I'll tell you that I've been doing this work now, developing this work, teaching it, doing it in my own personal process for a little better than 50 years now. And that's the thing that just keeps wowing me as like, oh, my God, it's like we're just scratching the very surface of it. Yep. And I'm going to frustrate myself over not figuring it out. No, I'm going to just live it and and be in the process. Well, to tell you the truth, I'm really not that frustrated. I just kind of use that word. Uh, I, I've accepted it long ago that it's really unanswerable. And go with the simulation if it is a simulation because it really feels good to feel good. 
Yeah, I think I think one of the important things to get there is that the simulations based in hostility or fear are the things that need to go to begin with. Right. I would agree. And and when and when we do that then that's when the vista opens. You know, we we had a an opportunity just a few weeks ago they came out with these new pictures from this super magnificent telescope. And when I saw those pictures, you know, I don't have a clue how to even start to comprehend what they're even looking at with that telescope. But here's what I got when I was exposed to that is if we could just give up the mental masturbation of hostility and fear, we're designed to comprehend that. And so giving up my past to open the space for what's possible to me becomes far more important, especially a past yeah. based in hostility and fear. I would agree. That's my goal. That's my aim. I'm with you. I'll join you in it. And in so doing, step into the next level of life, which to me is eternal life. I don't believe that we're designed to die. I think we made the process up, you know, as the Course talks about. And uh, so yeah. we really consciously yeah. step into the truth of who we are is such a uh, a major, major piece of the puzzle. Right. I, uh, I did have one more question. I don't know. I don't know Go if for it's it. Proper to ask it enough. <laughs> hey, I mean, I'm, I'm here. If I don't have an answer, I'll say I don't know, but I'll I'll check it out. Well, it's just more of egotistic. I mean, it sounds like it. It really does. But um, <clears throat> the only reason why I'm asking is because a guru who I really, really looked up to said that this might be of evil and not good. So I've seen just in the last seven years, I've seen over five thousand UFOs. Um, it's every, almost every night I just look up and they're there, and then I see rainbow spectrum in the sky at least every third day at the minimum. And I've seen a phenomenon uh, about uh, three years ago. I don't think almost no one on the planet has seen it before. I, I know a couple people might have, but <clears throat> and then <clears throat> I see synchronicity. <clears throat> like no one else like i can almost command it so my question is is that of evil or of the light because <laughs> one guy said it might have been of the dark it distracts me well my my take would be does does your sense of it take you in the direction of functioning as the truth of who you are you know, when you look at the uh, the worksheet that we do, there's a there's a section in the course that says, you know, you need to hear the truth about yourself as frequently as possible. And the first, the opening line in our worksheet process of forgiveness is where I write my name and acknowledge myself as love. Does it support yeah. you in experiencing yourself as love? Then it does. That's a lot. Then then go with it. If it doesn't, then forgive it. Let yeah. it go. And who knows? Maybe okay. you know. Maybe you're the one who's ready to bring through the next level of something that humanity has never known. You know that you go back into the Aramaic language and that word that you know we've seen people walking around with sandwich boards that say "repent, the end is near." 
the word repent doesn't have anything to do with, oh, be sorry for all the terrible things you've done. It actually means to turn your attention in another direction other than the yeah, mind. That's and, thing, you know, go ahead. No, I just, because you're on that same, I'm on that same trail I thought you were on. So, yeah, that's what I've had at least 50 gurus over the last uh, seven years said that my frequency is higher than most. And I don't, like I said, I don't know if that's sabotage from them or if it's actually true. I just don't know. Does and it support you experiencing I, yourself and those around you as love? Then I go for it. It does. It does. It does. Then my take is you're right on track. And and who knows, maybe you have turned your mind sufficiently away from the past, away from, you know, as the Course talks about the world, the darkness rules, the world of words and concepts and such, to be able to become the receiver for what comes next. And if you, if you go to the creation story in the Aramaic language, way back in the Old Testament, it says, go forth, multiply, and replenish the face of the earth. And, you know, most everybody listened to that multiply uh, command, but they didn't comprehend what that replenish meant, but it really meant become the finishing edge or the cutting edge of creation. So if you've turned sufficiently yeah. to be a receiver for that, you know, the word prayer doesn't mean get down on your knees with your hands folded and, and tell the creator what the creator should be doing for you today. It means to set a trap for God, to become the, the energetic space, the antenna, quite literally, in terms of physics, that captures the essence of love in the world, the energy through which we live, move, and have our being, and literally expresses it or pours it out into the world. And yeah. so that's ultimately what we're designed to do. And one by one, we're going to do that. And when we hit critical mass, then it's going to open the space for the whole planet to be able to do that. And we'll, we'll really understand what that replenish meant and what we're designed for. And all the space and join you in it. Oh, <laughs> uh, very well. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. What's that next thought? No, I, just, I was just going to answer the question that you can't answer any more than anyone else. That when would this critical mass begin? And nobody can really answer that. I know that. I, I didn't quite catch the, the question. Say it again. When will this critical mass start? Uh, like it's, I know it's Oh, it started. It's, 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 if, if I look back 50 years ago doing this work, the number of people that looked like at me like I was some kind of wacko. And today, many, many people go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, sure, yeah. And, and we would travel, you know, for 40 years. I traveled 30 to 40 weeks of the year and town to town to town. And, you know, in the last 15 years, every even the little tiny towns, little tiny bergs, have got their alternative healing center and their massage therapists and, you know, alternate ways of looking at things. So so to me, it's moving yeah. quickly. We're, we're on oh, track. Oh, yeah. yeah I, was definitely I don't think we're too far away. I was asking for organic food when stores would be like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 
You got it. That's well, it's a delight to talk with you. We're, the, the phone's going to cut us off. Our, our show's just about completed, just announced on my ear. So delight to talk with you. I look forward to talking again. Have a blessed one. Thank you. Everybody create the best. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with Dr. Michael Rice and myself, Jeannie Rice, and Dr. Tim Hayes and Michelle Pache as we present the first century Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We are here for two hours every Monday through Friday from 12 noon to 2 o'clock Eastern.